This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Alan and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we try to unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I'm Greg from Studio One Design, and here's my partner, Alan from Pixel Partners HQ. How are you, buddy? I'm awesome, Greg, and I don't understand why you can do that in one take, but when I record it... I have to do it about three times because I mess it up. I should know it by now. And it's great to be here. And you know, you better improvise and ad libbing. So anything that's written down. When we do our ad hoc episode and we make things up as we go, I, I flow on that. But when I've got you to got read it. the script, I fall over. Exactly. Mate, we've got a really exciting topic on this week's The Real Magic. We are talking about how to design an ebook as a lead magnet. Now, We'll go into more detail what we're talking about, lead magnets and things like that, because some people may or may not have, have heard this term. But before we get into our topic, Greg, what have, what have you been up to this week, mate? I've just been working on a new automated webinar marketing funnel. So that's something that I've never done before. I've done webinars, but an automated webinar is, you know, probably not a new thing, but there's some really cool new software out there called EverWebinar. And uh, yeah, I'm going to give that a shot pretty shortly. So just working on all the bits and pieces to that, put it all together. That sounds complicated. It's it's not really like it's probably a bit of work up front, but once it's once it's you know all live and 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 working, it's just a matter of turn it on, turn it off when you want new leads. So yeah, it's a pretty killer system. What have you been up to, buddy? To be honest, I've been you know flat out, and I'm a little bit drained at the moment. So. You know, me and the kids, we're going to go away. Well, me and my wife and the kids, we're going to go away next week and um, just get away from the normal routine, get out of my office. Look, the reality is, is that they're taking a holiday and I'm not, but at least I'll be working on a beach somewhere with sunshine and sand between my toes. And that is the joy of building... A business that is, you know, systemized and has superstars in the business working on the daily operations, it does mean that I can pick up and, and work from anywhere. So that's going to be a lot of fun. That's cool, man. Overnight success. Only took about 15 years to get to that position. <laughs> yeah, it's like how much work do you have to put into not having to work every day? <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> well, let's get into this, hey? Yeah, sure, sure. All right, so the topic is, yeah, how to design an ebook lead magnet. So what is a lead magnet? A lead magnet is something that you offer of high value to your prospects in return for their personal info, like an email address or a name, etc. And a tip here is if you are asking for personal details, just try and keep it to a bare minimum, like first name and email, because if you do ask for too many things like mobile phone number, you're going to convert less people. Look, I think uh, that is a very technical way of describing a lead magnet, right? I think that a great way... and look, it sounds. The reason I say that is, it, it, if if somebody listening to you describe that, Greg, is worried about whether they're being spammy, that sounds a bit spammy, right? Oh, I have to put my email address in and my name in, right? How about this? Why don't we describe a lead magnet, right, as a tool that any business can use to gain trust and respect from a pr- prospective customer? in exchange for being able to continue having a conversation with them. So it's a conversation 
starter. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And that is probably a better way of putting it. Um, I also like to think of it as the first step in your marketing funnel. And it is for that exact reason to build a relationship and build trust over time. So yeah, it's definitely a relationship starter. So yeah, well put. Yeah, yeah. And, And I think people look at this wrong so many times and they underestimate the potential value of this piece of their marketing funnel. If you are a an accountant, for example, right, you can ring up a hundred businesses and say, do you need an accountant or can I do your finances or do you need help with your tax? Right? Or you can speak to a hundred prospective customers and say, uh, listen, we are a professional accounting firm in insert your area and we have done some research and we've discovered five alarming statistics that could send many small businesses broke would you like me to send you our information now i'm using that in the context of a phone call but the reason i said that is because it's part of a conversation and one conversation is going to be much easier to have and get you a result the person's going to go oh well how much does this you know, this report of those five alarming statistics cost me. Oh, well, it costs you nothing. You know, just go to this web link or what have you. Now, you can drive traffic to a digital version of this via Facebook, via advertising, via blog posts from so many different places. But I, I, I really am passionate about, you know, trying to frame up the idea of a lead magnet as a conversation starter and a way to build enough trust to continue communicating with a prospect. Absolutely. And you are going to, like, it is a much better tool as opposed to asking for a sale. So you're really giving away something and try and give it away. Um, try and give away, you know, your best your best content, essentially. Don't hold back. Don't hold back on on your knowledge and sharing your knowledge in, in the fear that, you know, your competitors might pick it up. Just always give your best content. Oh, I love that, Greg. Like, you know, he, here's the way um, I see this, right? People are scared to give away their best because they think, well, what am I going to charge for, right? Now, there's two points of view on this. Firstly, you can give away your best information, but you don't have to give away that much that they could do it themselves, right? And if you give away your best, your potential prospect is going, oh my God, if this is what this guy is giving away... What is, what is he going to give me when he delivers? Now, worst case, if all you deliver is on your promise, you're still doing a great job. Absolutely. So don't be fearful. You know, Really go out there and, and be willing to share the best of the knowledge you've got. Don't keep it a secret because if you keep it a secret, no one's going to know how good a job you could do for them. You got it. Now, there's many ways to deliver a lead magnet, and we're specifically talking about ebook today, or at least we'll go through a few things that you could use for a lead magnet in an online business, and it really kind of depends on your target audience. You want to create something that's targeted in their best interest. So a couple of things that you could consider. So one would be like a, a checklist or, or a cheat sheet, or it could be, like Alan just said, a, a free report, something that's really specific to your target market. And you can generate that report based on, you know, a, a geographic location or an interest group or whatever the case is. Another popular thing is a, a list of tools that you use. 
um, or it could even be case studies or another very popular one lately is having a, a survey or a quiz and Ryan Levesque's got a, a, an amazing survey funnel tool for, for you know creating surveys. That way with surveys you can actually segment the list throughout the survey and put them into what we call different buckets so that then when you are ready to you know, send marketing material or more valuable information, it's highly targeted and relevant. Another thing you might want to consider as a lead magnet is a webinar or a video course or some sort of training product. Yeah, and, and look, you know, depending on the type of person that you are, start with the one that is most comfortable to you and then what you can do is you can turn them into different things, right? So if you're good at writing, you could write a 20-page ebook, right? Have 20 diagrams designed by a professional designer that correspond with your information. And then you could turn that ebook into a 30-minute webinar by simply taking each page, putting the diagram up on a slide and presenting it. You know, it could be a short live workshop. You could summarize your ebook to be a cheat sheet, right? So, you know, people think about cheat sheets and they're like, oh, what do you mean? You could take uh, a simple 10-step process and just turn it into a workflow, right? And you're not giving away how you do each step, but you're telling them what each step could be. So mm-hmm. you can start with one, right? Start with whichever works for you. If you're good at talking, you know, get in front of a camera, do a video, make a slide deck and record your screen, whatever it is. And then you can always have somebody type that up and turn it into an ebook. And then you can test which of the lead magnets you've got works the best or have them all. You know, there's no reason why you can't say here, I've got a great ebook. If you'd like an ebook, I've got a great video training. If you'd like a training, I've got a great cheat sheet and it can all be based around the same content. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, it could be around the same content or you could have different lead magnets for different level of engagement. So for instance, you might have beginners, for instance, let's say if you do share trading, you might have you know a lead magnet that's targeted for beginners, one for intermediate and one for advanced. And they might be um, you know different ways of consuming that content as well. But um, yeah, just really think about what's relevant for your target market. Um, For instance, if you have a a SaaS business, like you probably... A a software as a service business? Sorry, yes. (laughs) Software as a service, yep. So generally speaking, they don't have a a free PDF download of sorts. They will generally have a, a free trial period, which is a really good way, once again, of building trust and getting people to try their service before they buy also if you're an e-commerce business it could be a coupon code for a special offer or you know a coupon code for free shipping or or get on our vip list etc um, so there's many ways of you know creating a, a lead magnet and you really just have to test what works best for your business and if you have no idea where to start you could potentially look at your competitors in your niche and just you know work out what they're doing and maybe download some if you need to get some ideas but yeah you really want to you know just get as much information in there as possible to work out what you know what's good for your audience definitely look i'm just going to make a point i think software as a service businesses are actually changing their approach they're starting to realize that just having a free trial isn't enough to build trust 
in the organization and i think it's because you know software traditionally was from very big companies right so if you were a software company you had to be at a certain level and size to actually put good quality software out whereas today it's a lot easier for small startups to pop up but i mean you look at uh, zero i mean they do weekly multiple weekly webinars on just general business and accounting tips and tricks mm-hmm. you know uh, companies like uh, active campaign and infusionsoft are doing uh, regular webinars and training and they're inviting ex experts to speak to their audience to deliver value prior to anybody putting in their details for a free trial and in some cases they don't even have a free trial yeah it does depend on on the actual business and i'm sure you know some SaaS businesses a free trial of the software would work better but yeah in this case what you're suggesting is that they educate their customers first and at the back end of the webinar they would offer their their product or service and potentially at a discounted rate yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, what they're doing is they provide, like you said, they're providing something of high value to their prospects, to their target audience of exactly, you know, what that audience needs. And yes, the outcome may be the solution is to buy their product, right? But they're not going in with a sales message, which I think is is something you've got to think about. You know, is a lot of people try and build these lead magnets and sell at this point, but mm. it's the first part of the conversation, you know, take the time to engage that that customer. Uh, as far as looking at competitors, look at competitors. You, you know, one of the, I think one of the best places to see examples of really good and really bad lead magnets today is Facebook. You know, your feed is going to be bombarded with people's free offers because Facebook is just not a place to sell uh, or to direct sell. So everybody but everybody is trying to invite you to an event, trying to offer you something for free that you can engage with in exchange for your in exchange for your info. So mm-hmm. there's a great book. I think you and I were talking about this the other day, Greg, were we? The Ultimate Sales Machine by Chet mm-hmm. Holmes. Was, were we talking about that? No, it wasn't me, but I know the one you're, you're, you're talking about. I haven't read it yet, though. Listener, go and read it if you're interested in doing this. He doesn't specifically talk about the term lead magnet, right? But he is very big on having conversations with your customers and offering them a really high-value offering to start the conversation and then just constantly keeping in touch with that person until such time as they choose to buy from you. You know, most people just give up too early, so... Mm, yeah. All right, so we've got some great stuff on the how and why. Well, the the what is and the why of a uh, of a lead magnet. Have we got anything else before? I yeah, I just on? wanted to talk about like you mentioned Facebook, right? And people do offer a lot of free stuff, you know, to to get people um, to take that first step of the conversation. And another thing you might want to consider, though, as a lead magnet, this is bit of an advanced technique but you might want to send paid traffic to a blog post and then in that specific blog post you have a lead magnet that's um, you know built around that blog post it might be some extra information or it might be you know a download of the images or the or the, the copy in the blog post as a nice downloadable pdf or it just has some extra value and that is a pretty good strategy that i know works quite well for a lead magnet so send paid traffic to a blog post and then have a blog post specific lead magnet yeah and i think that's because people are sick of having this so-called free stuff yeah shoved down their throat 
in exchange for an email address where yeah. then they just get bombarded in their mailbox with stuff that they're really not that interested in because people jump from the lead magnet to sell, 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 sell. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the idea of going to a blog post is a lot less intimidating. I think it's much better value for your advertising dollar to drive people to the blog post and then offer them the, the lead magnet. So, so we've talked about this, but Greg, why should every business have a lead magnet? Sure. So I, I believe that you know the main reason is because most people that visit your website, like statistics say that 98% of people that visit your website are not ready to buy. So rather than lose them forever, if you at least offer them something in return for an email address, you've got an email address that you can keep, you know, at step one of that conversation, like you said earlier, and you can keep offering value and just keep in contact with them. So to me, you know, that's the main reason because most people aren't ready to buy. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's astounding how many people expect everybody to come to their website and purchase, right? But the reality is they come, they browse, and if you're just if you're not the right person in the right place, then you know, you could lose that prospective client, like Greg said, forever, right? I do say that if you're gonna capture and build an email list, just you know, have your customers and your prospects' best interests in mind if you are going to email them. Absolutely. It's a powerful thing to have. I mean, you know, they're giving you their email address. That That's actually worth a lot, you know. Um, and, you know, if you're a business that has, a, a you know, a decent email list, it depends on your business, but if you had, say, 5,000 email lists, that's a major asset to any business. And it, it might be a lot more than that as well, depending on what your business is. Um, but, yeah, really respect Respect the fact that they've given you their personal details and, and don't abuse it. Yeah, and look, you know, a lot of I've heard people say, "Oh, lead magnets, list building." It's just, you know, it's one of the bad parts of this digital age. Hang on a minute, this is not a new concept, right? I mean, things like loyalty cards and store cards and credit cards have all been created in the past, you know, to gather data. And have permission to communicate with customers, right? So this has been done in the non-digital world for a long, long time. And there are businesses out there that in the past have been acquired by larger businesses for huge amounts of money for only one reason. The size of their list and the quality of their data, right? So... You know, this is a valid business strategy that that needs to be approached with a serious level of consideration, you know. So just because there's a bunch of spammers out there that do this badly doesn't mean that it's a bad strategy. Would you agree? Ah, oh, 100%. Yeah, you got it. Uh, but the thing is... One thing we should mention is what you do with these email addresses, like technically, where do they get stored, etc. Now, what we recommend is that you use an email marketing platform like Infusionsoft or Entreport or Mailchimp or Aweber, whatever you want. There's there's a million out there, but yeah, you you know you don't have to have like create your own um, list somewhere offline. It's just normally handled by one of those software platforms, which make, makes it a lot easier. Um, and then when people unsubscribe, you have to always give people the chance of unsubscribing when you send them an email it's illegal not to in most countries and it's just very spammy if you don't so always give people the option to unsubscribe but yeah you really want to just make sure it's um, captured in one of those platforms you know when you do start emailing them 
Again, make sure you're delivering the best information that you've got. Do not fly into a sales pitch and make sure that it's relevant to your audience. I mean, Greg talked about having different lead magnets for different level of prospects or, you know, using quiz lead funnels and, uh, sorry, quiz... Survey funnels. And surveys for funnels, right? A lot of these mail programs will allow you to tag or segment your lists and you know that is super important don't just throw every, if you know that you have different types of customers don't throw them all in the one bucket and send them all the same information send them things that are tweaked and adjusted to be relevant for them absolutely and then if they do buy from you try and tag them with that you know a, a paid customer um, tag so that they don't keep getting just general emails you have something more targeted especially for them yeah, a good friend of ours, and I won't mention his name, uh, who's a previous guest on here, I signed up for uh, his forum and continued to get all the pitchy sales stuff. It wasn't pitchy. It was actually really, really well, well written, but I recognized it as he was still trying to say, he was actually asking me, do you want to join the forum? And I'm like, but I've already joined. You know, so it's a bit disappointing when that happens. You may end up having somebody unsubscribe who potentially does want to stay on your list. And I mean, I did want to stay on his list. So I sent him a little note and it just turned out that it hadn't been tagged properly. So, yeah, definitely respect the people who have bought from you and talk to them differently. Yeah. And if you think about the numbers side of things for, you know, the reasons for building a list. So let's say if you come up with a a new offer. Uh, it might be you know a year down the track, whatever. And let's say you have um, nobody on your list. Well, then you're not going to be able to you know send out this offer to your list. But let's say if your offer converts at say one percent, and you have ten thousand people on your list, then that equates to about a hundred sales. So you know it's really powerful to to build an email list because you have a higher chance of getting more sales. Yeah, look, we're not going into list building right now, but there's different perspectives on that. Whether you have a list of 10,000 people that convert to 1% or a list of 500 or 1,000 people that convert at 10 or 20%, but the point is relevant, right? Is if you are providing these people value, when you have something to offer them, you've got an instant revenue channel to turn on. Absolutely. So um, I think it's also... important that if you are going to be sending this information that you make sure you position yourself credibly to build authority you know so make sure that you're seen as being your emails are seen or your communications are seen as being worth reading you know make sure you're trustworthy make sure that everything you send out sets you apart from your competitors but in a respectful way yeah, I love that. Absolutely. And yeah, so you will build authority and credibility if you keep doing the right thing and don't abuse the list. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so now this part is the bit that I've been looking forward to, Greg, which <laughs> yeah. is how do you actually design a, a, an ebook as a lead magnet? Like, what's the process? What are the do's and don'ts that we should consider? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I just want to clarify that we are really talking about an ebook in this instance. So, we're not talking uh, what's about What's an ebook, Greg? Yeah, so an ebook is literally an electronic version of a book, right? So, that's the technical term, but it's something that you would have sitting on your website that is uh, in the form of a, a digital downloadable PDF, generally speaking. It and don't freak out because we use the term book. We're not talking about writing a 500-page novel, 
I mean, when we say ebook, we're really just talking about a high quality document that could be anywhere. I mean, I've seen ebooks that are only like six pages. Yeah. But yep. 10 pages, 20 pages is more than enough. And it's very easy to fill a 20 page ebook with a, a little bit of copy, a few graphs, some diagrams, and some photos. Yeah, yeah. Look, absolutely. And that's the other thing. You want to respect their time. So don't do a 100-page ebook because it may as well be a book. You may as well put it on Amazon and sell it. But um, yeah, an ebook is really a lead magnet. You want to respect their time and make it short and to the point. So and that's why checklists work so well because they do respect the time. You know, people download more checklists than any other form of, of uh, lead magnet because and it's, it's so, functional. So yeah, so easy to consume and functional. That's right. Um, so yeah, the first thing you want to decide on, you know, when designing the actual ebook is what content to put in it. And like we just said, try and keep it as short as possible. So I mean, a general rule of thumb we like to use is keep it under 10 pages. And you might fill it up with a lot of images and have it beautifully designed, of course, but we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, the, so really, you want to think of your target market and design content that's highly relevant to them and helping them solve their problems. So you really want to make sure that you start with the end in mind and make sure it supports the sale. So what I mean by that is, let's say you know, like with Studio One, right? We, we design websites. So our lead magnet is pretty much um, giving some conversion tips. It's showing people what we do when we design websites and it's giving case studies in there. So it's helping position us as the expert. So it's all completely relevant to if that person wants to take the next step and purchase a website design from us, for instance. Right, so what's the process of creating one of these ebooks. I mean, is there a framework that, that that you would recommend? Yeah, there is. Yeah. So, for a start, there's a few steps that we recommend to our clients and yeah, I guess this is for the purpose of this podcast as well to to the listener. So, first you want to create a headline that has some sort of hook. So, it could be something like a how-to guide or a, a top 10 tips on, you know, in certain niche here type of thing, um, or something that talks to their pain points like for instance, if you're a plumber, it could be, you know, choosing the right plumber without getting ripped off or, you know, the top 10 F FAQs that could save you thousands before calling a plumber. Just something around, you know, dealing with the pain that get, they're about to go through with uh, hiring a plumber. Yeah, and I think it's really nice to help out your prospects, you know. So that that idea is is, well, I know I'm in the market for this. That's why I'm on your website right mm -hmm. and you've actually got a list of things that i can be uh that i can consume and use to make sure i make the right decision yeah absolutely so it needs to kind of support the sale yep what else have we got so we've got a headline with a hook Yep, and so with that headline, and we're talking about at the moment designing the front cover, so you want it to be designed professionally. You want to realize that it's going to be quite small on a website, for instance, or potentially. So you want to make sure you use large, clear, easy-to-read fonts and then have a design or, you know, graphics that support the title. You know, you don't want to use images that are... Uh, completely irrelevant and you want to kind of tie it in with the look and feel of your website or your branding. Yeah, you don't want it to be – you want it to be on brand, simply enough. Yeah. And make sure that it appeals to your target audience. Yeah, 100%. Yep, absolutely. Right. So professionally – so we've got the headline first with the hook. I guess that's critical because how do you design the front cover if you don't have the headline with the hook? You can't build the imagery around that, right? Yeah. So then we get into the front cover. Um, what do we do once we get onto the inside of the book? 
Yeah, sure. So, like I said before, try and keep it under 10 pages if possible. It can be more, but, you know, it depends what kind of content you got in there. It might be really large fonts and images, and then you can, you know, pad it out to more pages if you like. But, yeah, respect your reader's time. So, what I like to do as well is just explain the point of the book in, in the first page or the first paragraph, and... Then you might have a page about you. You don't have to have this, but just try and keep that brief. But just try and make the page about you, not so much about you, but more why you created the ebook and and how you can help the reader if they want to take further action. But yeah, what I like to do generally with an ebook is think of it like a, a mini website. So use credibility icons and social proof all throughout it. So for instance, if you're I don't know, um, I guess an accountant, whatever, use your accreditations and certificates or you know if you're a speaker it might be pics of you speaking from stage anything that's going to help build authority yeah absolutely look i think that's important in your first one or two pages keep it really simple really succinct tell them who you are and what they are going to get if they read the next 10 pages exactly because you know it's really frustrating to get into one of these ebooks and spend the first four pages when the author is just talking about them 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 and i'm like i'm not getting anything out of this and i'm highly likely to bail out and just click delete than actually read it all the way through to the end i often open an ebook i look at the first couple of pages and if i think it's worthwhile at that point i actually hit print and i put it in my to read basket so, nice. you know, make sure that you really get to the point early as to what you're offering in the book and then deliver on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So keep that really brief. Well done. So well said, I should say. So the next uh, tip, you know, that I just alluded to was using case studies or, or testimonials all throughout the all throughout the ebook. So I guess if you're a new business, you probably won't have any. But if you are, are established, like really use them to prove your point that you are credible and you do help people with the same problem of the reader. Um, so yeah, scatter them literally throughout the entire document. Yeah, it's a great idea. I mean, you can have little call-outs where there's yeah. a, you know, a quote from the testimonial or the case study of what was achieved, you know. Exactly. And make sure you credit those to people. Like, don't just have these random sentences that could be applied to any business. You know, don't have, oh, yeah, it was great working with XYZ. They were very professional. That's not yeah. what we're talking about. We're saying, you know, my experience when working with Studio One Design was uh, created 30% more conversions for our website within two weeks of launch. There you go. You know, Killer. So use something really, really specific. <laughs> yeah, if you can, put uh, put the results in there. And, and um, don't overdo that. You know, remember that you're providing value first, you know, so make sure that you've you got, got it. valuable content, good quality images, and great graphics to support all this area in the pages as you go. Exactly. And then, um, you know, you want to put your, so the main purpose of it is to, you know, um, display your valuable content. So with the content, just be as educational as possible. You know, just really think about helping your prospects. And this is the area that we can't help you with telling you what to put in there, but always think of, you know, your prospects and try not to bore them. Try and keep it in palatable chunks. So we, we like to use 16 point font or even larger because it is an ebook. You do want them to consume it as quickly as possible. So yeah, try and break up all of that copy with images as well. So once again, make it visually appealing and uh, not so boring. You don't want to just have pages and pages of copy. Please use good quality images and graphics. Don't just use text, right? And it doesn't have to be hugely expensive to have great diagrams 
made. I mean, we do, at Pixel Partners, we do a ton of this stuff, you know, where somebody's designed uh, an ebook and they've tried to make their own graphs, graphics and diagrams in PowerPoint and things like that. And they look <laughs> like they've been done like that, you know. You know, don't use copyrighted images, use high quality images. I know this is only for online use, but use as high resolution as possible. Make sure it's not pixelized and go over and above with this because, you know, people just will not respect poor quality graphics even if the information is great right so if your information is awesome like taki moore says you know you don't want somebody to act accidentally think your information is crap or dodgy because the design looks bad yeah well you know, said. it's not a huge investment it's well worth putting the time effort and energy into making those items really stand out especially with the images and graphics Oh, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, you really don't want people to think that you're not as good as you are. So that's the main reason you, you should get it professionally designed. However, I mean, you can do it yourself, but, you know, some of the tools that, like, for instance, what we would do if we're going to design it professionally, we'll use uh, InDesign or Illustrator, but you can use on a Mac things like Pages or Keynote and just, you know, make sure you use a template as a starting point if you are going to do it yourself. Okay. As a, as a minimum viable product, if you absolutely have zero budget, which... Yeah, just about no business has a zero budget, right? Don't do it yourself, right? It is going to look like you did it yourself. Now, as a minimum viable product, if you have to, great. But as soon as possible, get that to a designer because you will be absolutely blown away by the quality difference in a do-it-yourself publication and a professional publication. You're right. right? It is... Not an easy job to professionally design any type of publication, whether it be a magazine, whether it be a, a book, an ebook. It takes special skill and a lot of knowledge to typeset it properly, to lay everything out well so it flows for the eye. I know I'm on my soapbox here, but it doesn't have to be hugely expensive, right? We're talking about a 10 page ebook here. It blows me away how much people spend on other things and then cut corners on their lead magnet you know mm, the point. lead magnet as we said at the beginning is meant to be high value if it doesn't look high value you are instantly losing the respect of the reader exactly. you know and don't look at it yourself and say yeah i think it's high value because i did it even if you are unsure take two or three pages that are the most important pages and give it to a professional designer and see how it comes back. Ask them to redraw all your diagrams professionally, you know, ask them to source better quality photos. If, if they're not, if they're stock images, especially, you know, mm -hmm. ask them to edit the photos for you professionally in Photoshop so that they are represented the best possible way. You know, I know Greg said, do design it yourself if you have to. And if you do use a template, you know, good quality template, that's fine. I understand not everybody is going to be able to pay a designer to do this the first time, but please put it to the top of your priority list. This is the first communication that you're having to build trust with a prospect. You know, you would not go to your first meeting with a client wearing, you know, joggers that are dirty, shorts with paint on them, and, you know, a, a top with no with the sleeves cut off. Unless you're a painter. Even if you're a painter. <laughs> you, but that's no, I know what you're you know, saying, I've mate. seen painters. It's interesting you say that, right? But I've seen painters turn up in their paint gear with paint all over them, right? 
And then I've seen another painter come to quote a job who's in a set of white overalls, Mm -hmm. right? The perception is, wow, this guy turned up in clean white overalls. Now, obviously, he doesn't work in those overalls. He must have them in his van. And when he goes to do a quote, he puts it over the top of what he's wearing. Mm -hmm. But the way they were both perceived professionally when I had that experience was completely different. So, look, I'm going to get off my soapbox now. (laughs) (laughs) But you get my point. If possible... Pay a professional to do this. You know, it is going to make a huge difference to the way your prospect perceives the value of what you're providing them. Yeah, well said. Cool. All right. Well, a couple other little tips. You want to have your web address and, you know, a copy line on the footer of every single page. And also the most important page is probably the last page because this is it's pointless having an ebook. And we see a lot of businesses get this wrong. They don't have a call to action in the last page. So you really want to have the next step, what you want people to do next, whether it's to call you or to go off to your website to consume some more information or uh, join a webinar, have a link in the ebook linking people back to your website. And preferably not to the sale. I think Greg alluded to it. You know, imagine if you gave them an ebook that was, you know, the five tips to make your business a, a $10 million business, right? And at the end of the ebook, you go, oh, my call to action is here, buy my product, right? Mm-hmm. Or buy my service or hire me, right? Or what you could do is go, oh, by the way, all these things that we talked about, we actually have a cheat sheet. Click here for the cheat sheet, yeah, right? Nice. Or Every week, we do a Q&A webinar. Come and uh, join the webinar on Thursday at 10 a.m. and ask any questions you have about this process. Right? Yeah. So what you're now doing is you are engaging in a further conversation. So be considerate. Don't sell straight away. I mean, unless it's unbelievably appropriate, mm. don't sell straight away. Let the people go on a journey to trust you a little bit more. So absolutely have a call to action, but have a very polite and respectful call to action. Nice. Yep, absolutely. So there are tips for designing an ebook lead magnet. Awesome. So I think the one thing that I want to say to everybody is, even if all you're doing is a one-page lead magnet and it's really, really simple, just go out and do it, you know, and then, you know, post it up on Facebook and see if you get, some people come through yeah make sure you track it make sure you have google analytics and all that sort of stuff done but you'd be nuts not to have a lead magnet am i correct greg yeah absolutely i think every business that has a website should have some form of lead magnet we've been through all the different types so yeah my killer tip is to obviously it is step one of your funnel so when you do have a lead magnet this is what a lot of businesses get wrong as well they just send them let's say they've given their email and then they send them to a thank you page another thank you page just says Thank you for downloading the ebook. And that's it, right? What you should do with that thank you page, it's one of the most important pages on your site. And we've talked about it previously in other um, episodes, but you want to treat that as step two of your marketing funnel. So whether that's to join a webinar or have a free call with you or whatever's going to get the prospects one step closer to a sale, but still providing as much value as possible is what you should be using that thank you page for. Here, here. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listener, thank you for joining us today on The Real Magic. Feel free to go to therealmagic.com. We have a sign-up box there and uh, no lead magnet, funnily enough, but (laughs) the offer is that we will notify you when a new episode is published. Uh, Any questions, post it below the episode, and we look forward to seeing you on the, the next Real Magic. You got it. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Al. Thanks, listener. 
Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.